Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Reality Games coverage of Surviving Bloomington Season 6, Order vs. Chaos. I am one of your hosts, Drew. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Drew. How did it feel finally surviving your first travel council? It was great. You know, it's good to have airtime. I'll take all the attention I can get. And I believe you and I both got a pretty significant amount of airtime this uh, episode. So it's a great week for us. Yeah, a lot, a lot of me hemming and hawing in the middle. Um, but joining us today to help us recap and dive into everything that happened, we have Michael. Michael, how are you doing? I am so excited to be here. You guys have you've you've turned me into a full Bloomington fan. Uh, I'm completely sold. And here's the other here's the weird part about all this because you guys did run this episode, and now anything I say sounds like I'm going to be biased and, and like gassing y'all up a little bit. But it is it is true. Like objectively, y'all are kind of like the kingpins of the individual uh, situation y'all are in. So uh, no, I'm super excited for this, and thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so for those of you who do not know, Michael has played in a couple of different games. He played in Surviving Real Foot twice, uh, seasons two and five, I believe. Yep. And then he also has played in Big Brother Hogwarts. So Michael does have some LRG experience. Uh, Michael, who did you know uh, that's on this season of Bloomington before it before it aired? Okay, so it's interesting. I have some internet friends. I've have I have some people that I've met in real life. I, I've met both Stephen and Drew before, um, and uh, also from the internet, Brady and Danny. So it's interesting that like you know the three of you guys tend to uh, be a bit of a trio. So I was really happy to see that happen. But who else? I know John V from watching another LRG that I didn't even finish to be honest. But he's an interesting character too. <laughs> Clock that tea, I guess. <laughs> so, Michael, tell us about your thoughts on the season up until this episode. Man, I, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I love it. I love it. Like, there's no reason for this series to be edited as well as it is. Like, why are we acting like this in A24, A24 film right now? Because, like, it is so crazy. Like, the the choices that are made from the big rewind which uh, drew i know i told you i loved that i thought that was so cool like since when did casey become quentin tarantino i swear to like the editing just blows my mind all the time and it's like it's also like very subtle stuff right so i can tell casey loves music right he loves music he likes different types of music and different types of situations so here's the thing and this is something that everybody should watch out for when there's not music. I think that's it's the absence of music that that makes it so great because I know he loves music when he doesn't add music I know there's a purpose. And there are moments, you know, when you're filming a video and then you're done filming the actual content and you like put the phone down for a second and maybe you're still recording and you're like walking around and there's like shots of the ground. The way he's able to utilize like those nothing moments to make mm -hmm. them feel powerful is like so special. I think the thing that really makes Bloomington stand out from anything else um and even the moments in other allergies where I'd be like, wow, this is like, this is like a YouTube series, right? It's not like a, per, a an actual production that on CBS or whatever. They take those moments and they turn them into something really beautiful. So I haven't even, I, I'm just talking about the editing and music and everything like that. I haven't even gotten to the other stuff. I can yap all day. I, I apologize, guys. But oh, we love the yapping. Please yap. I will say, the other thing that I love so much, the biggest thing that sucked me in while I was like, 
because I love a good theme. I love a good theme. And this season has a great theme, Order and Chaos. And not only is it a good theme, but it's divided well. Like if you're watching Australian Survivor right now, Titans yeah. versus Rebels, you could flop those tribes and like still make the same justification. You can't do that with Order versus Chaos. And I, I love that. And I'm here I am with Order and Chaos. So. So I have to ask, you know, if you were the star of one of those two tribes, which do you feel more orderly or chaotic? Oh, I'm so chaotic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I think deep down I do have some order in me, but like I, I, I just have too much anxiety for uh, all that. So, yeah, because uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the editing because what's fun is like if you think of these past two episodes, just one thing. We have three tribal councils, all shot very different ways, right? We have the whole rewind for the red tribe, yellow tribe, maybe because we're boring, just goes normal this is like your your expected linear path and then for the blue tribe we see tribal council meshed with you know camp life and so we get both you know the question for the player followed by their confessionals and kind of seeing what they're doing back at camp i see dr jamie in the chat already coming from my neck it's fine <laughs> you again, Drew. <laughs> listen i was one of four um but yeah, I am loving the editing this episode. I think that, Michael, you pointing out the absence of music has already gotten me thinking about things because I, we've had a couple of shots, of extended shots that are between 5 and 15 seconds where it's a camera person just following someone walking. Like this episode, we got that with Seth. And like up until this point, it seems like it's going to be a really straightforward 4 to 1 Jamie vote. And then there, it's like, oh no, why are we following Seth without music? What's about to happen? <laughs> exactly. No, well said. I, I think Tyler's music bears some discussing as well because he had like he had a very unique theme for his like discussion and uh, discussion and confessionals in that episode, which really I, I, I'm trying to recall what exactly these was, but just stood apart from everyone else's, which was fascinating. I agree. Um, yeah. And that's me with anxiety that because like I get anxious watching this when, when they do stuff like that. I'm like, oh no, what is happening? Yeah. So let's uh, let's Be, jump into this before episode. we dive in. So oh, I mean, Michael, any thoughts me. from the last episode and and the Red Travel Council or the game so far? It, it's been interesting. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so um, let us be an outlet. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I just think it's um, it's been interesting. I think there's um, there was like a lot of conversation this time about like like how the women were being targeted and like how people were able to turn and use that to their advantage. Um, I, I think it's been very interesting. Um, I think all in all, like it, it's just been really good. I, I, I the other thing I want to say is. One thing that this series has been able to capture more than anything else is um, the emotional backstories, which is something I didn't really expect um, because that's something that nobody focuses on in an LRG. I mean, most people don't even come in and like kind of spill their guts, but like hearing about Jamie and like a lot of different people have been able to, John even, like I, I just feel like I'm able to connect with these people so much. And I, like, I feel very personally about a lot of people in this game. So, uh, and that's where I was today where I was, I drew, I texted you. I was like, no, like I felt very personal about Jamie and like, it really hurts to see people go. I think that Casey has done a masterful job of capturing the feeling of playing these LRGs. Um, with that first round with the, like, like someone just shot someone's dog piano music in the background like it's just dreadful sometimes and there's so many emotions that come up in these games did i just lose my audio 
No, I hear you. Okay. Sorry. My headphones crackled and that usually means I lost my audio. Um, anyways, so I just think that Casey's doing a great job with these emotional moments and portraying what it actually feels like from different angles in the game. Um, so let's jump into this episode. I want to talk about this clip that we get from the Red Tribe at the beginning of the episode where they're trying to spy on you guys, Stephen. Did you guys know this was going on? I'm not super surprised given the the red tribes in this forested area right and the yellow tribe is kind of a little bit away in this kind of grassy area and like if you stand on the edge there's two tribes you can kind of peek in a little bit to kind of see what's going on it, it mostly amused me that like the red tribe is like don't tell casey hide from casey of course casey's watching all his back editing in the footage so he's gonna know eventually one of my favorite moments from the episode is when they were up there and they're like, quick, let's act like we were just talking and everybody just starts like looking at leaves. Like, is this an idol? Is this an idol? And Mackenzie's like, is this weed? Like, she's like, what? what? Like, he knows what you're doing. I'm dead. No, I, I, that's one of the things that like, I, I feel like we miss a lot of context on as watching just the, you know, LRG, you know, not keeping up with the podcast or anything. Th those are the kind of like meta things that I'm not sure about. I'm like, wait, how close are they? Like, can, like, could they just walk into the next camp? Like, uh, that's always uh, something I'm not sure about. And that's the thing, like, you know, for me, for real foot, they'll do like the camps are like two miles apart. It's like insane. Yeah. But uh, I know not all of them are like that. Yeah, I would say, so for this one, red and blue were pretty far apart. Like, you could not get from, like, it would. it's a journey to walk from one camp to the other, and you can't see or hear. Um, yellow was closer to red, and if you were to go, like, to the very outskirts of where the red camp cut off, like, the edge of the woods, you could see yellow talking, because yellow was in a more open area. The real amenity was we got a swing. Yeah. Uh, like, I had a question that, about that, that, that too. The, I was like, what was the true victory of the Yellow Tribe? Is so the best place to strategize and sit and like talk was the view on that little, the view on that three person swing set. No tent, but you get a swing. So I was like, is it, was this an, like a reward that I missed? Like, <laughs> no. or they didn't show? I was like, where did they get a swing? I loved it. <laughs> uh, speaking of rewards, Michael, I would love your take on Banana Gate. Oh my gosh. Um, I just think it's so fun. And, and it's one of those things that there's like a lot of inventive strategies, I think. And Drew, I don't even know like if you were just trying to be chaotic or if there was I was actually just bored. Like I genuinely, so. I, I was just so bored. Too. Yeah. You're, you're chaotic. That's it. That's, you're on the right track. Um, but no, and again, that's one of those things that like tells me a lot about you as a character. Even if I didn't know you, I know you're capable of that. But if I didn't, that would tell me a lot about you. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. And I'm the same way. Like, I get hungry, so I'm eating and I'm stealing. <laughs> well, we don't get much banana gate talk in this episode. Steven, do you remember if there was any discussion on your tribe about the bananas and apples? So we were just kind of like really confused because we arrive at that challenge and Marshawn goes off and the blue tribe responds. And we're just, and like yellow's standing in the middle. We're just like, well, we don't know what's going on right now. I had like no sense of what's happening and like we're already lying about like the fact that we just had pizza and we had breakfast and we stayed overnight and so we're just like we're not we just well, let's just stay out of it yeah our tribe was convinced that so they knew i told them i told my tribe that i took two bananas and two apples i did not mention the bananas that i had already eaten from original chaos but i told them yeah i took the bananas and the apples and i left them everything else 
So my tribe knew that we had them. However, I ate the two bananas overnight. So when we woke up in the morning, there were no bananas, only an apple left because Jamie had eaten one of the apples. So my tribe was convinced that Marshawn came into our camp and took our bananas. That's that was my first thought when all this started happening was like, why are they not considering the theft? Because and again, that was a question of like where the tribes were located and everything. I was like, because that's another thing that I would consider doing. He's like, why don't you just, we just gonna take their food? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's jump a little bit more into Stephen's tribe, the Spez tribe, the Yellow tribe. Uh, Stephen, it's looking like you're in a pretty good position this episode. Well, I mean the swap dynamics right so it's two original chaos a million rachel three original order of john matt and me and so you gotta feel good when you walk into a swap like oh wow i have the numbers and like you it was interesting feeling that immediately like you don't see but the night before you know like we talked to rachel and melanie about their tribe and dynamics and they're just giving everything and at one point i'm just like they're making their pitch right now for why we want to keep them the way like they're interacting with us and starting like give information be very forthcoming and so it was clear from the get-go that there, there was a lot of that aspect happening with them both kind of pitching themselves. And so, you know, by the time, like, you know, we wake up, we go we go to the challenge, we lose the challenge while everyone's going to travel council. Yeah. That was when like, the strategy really, really kicked off. Like, okay, we kind of discussed of which the two we like, but we never really formalized in the night before of which one do we want to keep or vote off. Do you think if there was no individual immunity this round that Matt would have been in consideration for the vote? Or do you think it was pretty much just between Melanie and John? Mel, I, for me, it was me, Melanie, Rachel, John. Like okay. I, I was not going to consider voting Little Matt. Uh, I think my concern at this point in time, like a lot of my interactions were with John and Little Matt kind of together. And I was kind of really trying to suss out, you know, like is, is Matt closer to me or closer to John? And so I was kind of, of laying t feelers out for that and getting a sense like, okay, I think Matt's more on my side. But um, I don't, but he wasn't a consideration. Maybe, of course, you know, revisionist history he was immune right. so he never mentions in to begin with yeah um i do think something that's interesting from this episode i don't remember who i was talking to about this it might have been little matt it seems like melanie is pitching a lot to you to vote out john and mm -hmm. is pitching to rachel to vote out john and then of course she we see her also being like well if you and john want to do rachel that's fine too if i we don't see melanie and little matt have a discussion at all i don't we don't see melanie pitching to him we hear it through Matt's confessionals, right? That's really the intro. We, we hear through Matt's confessionals, their interactions, and Matt being very off-put, I yeah. guess is the word I'll use. Matt, Matt, Matt does not like the argument she raises to him about why he should turn on John, and it, it, makes, him feel, it makes him feel like he should vote out Melanie instead, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like based on his uh, confessional and his voting confessional that Melanie basically said, hey, we have to take out these bigger players because if you make it to the end with them, you're going to lose. Um, I don't know. Michael, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was, I was kind of curious um, how much she was... It, it, it was just, I think it was really hard to read in all three of these tribals a little bit, like how tight a lot of these relationships were, especially from, well, I guess more so from chaos, but um, I, I'm always interested in like how people come into these things and look at tribal lines and also how people are able to trust so well. Like Steven, I think that was my question is like, uh, how nervous were you throughout all of this? I, so I, I was talking to Rachel earlier, actually, too, and asked her, like, you know, like, I'm from a zero to 100, how nervous were you going this travel council? And she's like, you know, I felt 70% confident, 30% nervous. 
from the trap line. I think for me, I'm like eight of ninety. I'm feeling pretty good that I that I am not being targeted. And that one that someone I want will go home, but it's not me. Um, bring up a Melanie comment. Melanie's like Stephen's also telling me not to trust him out with the plan about John. Yeah, that sounds like something I would do. I think at the time I, I was more worried that John that that um, Matt would tell John, and that if we were the blind side. John, it would likely need to be me and Rachel and Melly together. Okay. Uh, how difficult did you feel like it was to convince Rachel to also vote for Melanie? Because we don't really see Rachel's thoughts on that in the episode. I think she's unhappy, but she's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that was not her, something she wanted to do very much at all. I mean, in fact, you hear her just kind of talk about throwing her vote. Granted, she got benefits from throwing her vote, but... I think she really disliked having to do that. And what was the final, like, what made you make that final decision? Like, okay, we do need to go for Melanie here. Because it does seem like it it hinged on you. Do you think if you would have gone to Rachel, sorry, preface question. Do you think if you would have gone to Rachel and been like, Rachel, I've decided I do want to vote John. Do you think she would have voted with you? Or do you think she would have just voted Melanie? I'm also wondering this. I... That is that that is the question of the episode, you know, how open Rachel would have been to voting out John over Melanie. I think Rachel at that point would have flipped on John. That's my because I would I would basically have two two order chaos, keeping an ally. Yes, John's a potential ally, but I mean you don't know what, what will happen in the future with John per se. Um so I, I think I think Rachel would have been willing. Rachel might have taken some convincing to make it happen. I think that Rachel was very much open to that. And I think there's a what maybe if I I could have sold it better, but like because conversation would be like it'd be me, Rachel, Melanie, we're like, we're voting John, then it'd be me, Rachel saying, We're not voting John, we're voting Melanie. <laughs> so what was the final uh thing that made you make the decision to go for Melanie? I think I really wanted to work with John and Matt. I didn't want to blindside Matt and vote out John. And I wanted a chance to maybe claw back potential numbers with um, order versus chaos, like the original tribes. And there's also a little bit more unknown for me of what happens moving to if we go to tribal council again in a two-two split. Where do we go from there? Um, mm -hmm. And at this point, I voted three times each with John and Matt, and I was feeling more and more comfortable with both of them and wanting to like go deep in the game with them. That makes sense. That was a very orderly answer. <laughs> I <laughs> very not, logical. I thought through things way too much. What can I say? Yeah, I love that we get to see kind of your back and forth through this episode i thought that was really fun yeah no it was interesting especially because like you know i my voting confession was pulled from the end of the episode mm -hmm. to the middle of the episode right you 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 see the vote out and you see mine and melly's voting vegetables and you see the rest of the voting vegetables at the end and i thought that was interesting yeah same um anything else we want to talk about spez i mean we have yeah. the tribal council where melanie very oh, actively we fights for herself I'd say, I'd say let's talk through Melanie's position. Michael, you know, in a position of minority and you are maybe being more targeted minority, what actions are available? And there's anything that Melanie could have done because Melanie really didn't leave anything on the table. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's the thing. I, I don't think Melody did anything wrong. I thought that she was fighting for herself correctly. Um, if anything, if we're talking order and chaos, I might have gone a little bit more chaos in that position myself. Um, that, and that's I think that's my big thing. And back to like the last episode where we were watching that tribal council where I kind of thought like daddy Matt was giving up a little bit in the mm -hmm. tribal. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And I loved him. I was rooting for him. And then we find out later that there was more going on, but um, I, I am always the one to do more rather than less. And yet at that point, you got to start scratching and clawing a little bit. And a big thing is like lie. I don't know. Make something up like <laughs> turn yeah. people against each other. And like, I know I get the position where they were coming from. And she brought up a lot of good points about how they had, were really great challenge competitors. And mm -hmm. it, it sucks. It's like an impossible situation, I think. But, you know, I so, guess she uh, could have she could have played her keys. She could have played her safety keys because she has, what, two keys. So that's a one keys, and three but, shot. But I, if I can like, I mean, we were texting today. And she's like, you could have told me to play my keys. I'm like, maybe <laughs> I like like. I was thinking, Matt, I was joking with her, like, Max Chaos for me is, I tell Melanie to play my keys, heck, maybe I even give her my keys, so she has a, like a three and six shot of being immune. I cast my vote not for Melanie, but for someone else, and if Melanie goes home, I blame Rachel for that rogue vote. I mean, may maybe that's like a, a, an avenue I could have done to fully maximize it, or alternatively, maybe I could have said, hey, you know, Melanie, give me your keys. Like, reassure me more as an ally, buy my vote here, and I'll work with you down the road and we'll pull keys, but give me your keys now. And that's going to make me more really flip. Maybe I would have been open to that because Melly gives me a key or two. Let's say I vote out John and I get four keys, which I did not know about at the time. I thought he had three. Um, that's immunity. <laughs> yeah, I think also another idea that kind of came to me, and it's hard because obviously we're able to see everyone's thoughts mm -hmm. and in-game you're not. Um, I guess Melanie could have gone to John and been like, hey, Steven's throwing your name out. Steven's trying to get you out. Me and Rachel are willing to vote with you to take Steven out. And I think I think that was what Melanie was doing. Melanie, I think, to, I think and Melanie, correct me wrong, I think a, 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 one of her opening salvas was John vote Steven, Steven vote John. I think that was something Melanie was doing. Um, it was because I think... What's interesting for me is I don't know in this time that John has reservations about me. We see it in his voting confessional. He's like, I'm sure about Rachel, I'm sure about Matt, I'm not sure about Steven. We see mm -hmm. it in one of the previous episodes where he's, he floats my name and it doesn't go anywhere. I have no idea that any of this is happening. Right. Interesting. That's a good point and something I didn't think about. Like from my perspective, I knew that there might be an issue there. And I've all, we've also seen John's name come up. So that's why I really like coming into this. I, I was not sure what the relationship between you and John was like. So it was kind of like, in my perspective, I was like, okay, this could be one of the one of the tribals that really flip. And uh, it was interesting. I thought it was equally as interesting that you guys are still working together than it was there was like a, an exciting flip or something. I mean, and I've had mentioned this, but for me, like, I really liked John's story. And that was someone I was like, I liked seeing him in Outlast since I was really positive coming in the game. And I, I think, you know, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see how the dynamic continues to evolve over the course of the season. That's all I can say. And uh, point from Melanie, um, had a really big conversation with John that they didn't show where I could only really pitch Steven him. So I knew Rachel and John knew each other and Matt was immune, right? So, I mean, if you're Melanie, like you, really have limited options here of like who am i pitching i think we even see john and i talks like hey we know she's pitching each other to us right we know like what what's going on and i i, I was like melanie was a person like 
you grasp on the small things, but we talk like you know, you arrive at the game in the morning, she and I are in the same car together, and we have like good conversations. And it was one of those things like, man, if only we started in the same tribe. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, it seems to me I'm trying to figure out John as a player because it feels all? like it's a coin flip every round that John has to go to tribal. It's a coin flip on am I going to play super assertively and get what I want done? And when he does that, he's able to pull it off. Or am I just going to sit back and like do nothing? And it feels like with John, it's it's been like alternating every round on if he's going 100% or if he's going 0% in the strategy department. But that's great strategy right there. You don't want to go 100% all the time, right? That right. The, and like, and so you like having that a balance of the two, get your way when it matters, but be willing to let go when it doesn't matter. That's good play right there. Like, to, it's just so funny because I'm thinking back to the Nina boot. It's like John gets a whiff of his name and he's going at 100 miles an hour the entire rest of the round. This round, he hears his name and he's sitting on the swing set the whole I time. I don't get it. I don't get like, it. <laughs> I'm the same way, though, because uh, this is like 10 years ago now. But my first real foot season, the first vote, I heard my name. And, like, I didn't realize how much I was going to panic. But I panicked and I went crazy. And I was like, I kind of relate to, to John in that aspect. I was like, this guy's kind of like me. And then he... Then he's like, yeah, it's contradictory. And that's the other thing. At first, I was like, why is this guy on the order tribe? I feel like he's a little chaotic. But, like, he's showing where he can, I guess, find balance in both. Yeah. We also see, you know, some things such as, like, you know, John gets the scroll for the extra key. Uh, Rachel finds the scroll. In fact, Rachel found that scroll for that challenge advantage in front of me. We are both kind of walking the talk, and it's in the tree. And she grabs it. I'm just like... Inside, I'm just dying. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did she just find? And she reads, I'm like, okay, I'm not as scared anymore. But I, I, it was interesting kind of learning of the, because I didn't know about the existence of these until this round of the game of like, oh, there are quests or scrolls in play. It's yeah, like, and that was Rachel's like third thing that she had found because she had she had gotten that key earlier that she lost in the woods when she went to use the bathroom. So she was down like that one, plus the one she started with, plus the two scrolls that she currently has. So... Rachel is she's good at finding things more than I found apparently. I mean, here, here my, I think John found all his scrolls where he was using the bathroom to pee. <laughs> and like I would go like farther away from camp to use the bathroom. He was like pretty close to camp. Finally, like, look, I found another. I'm just like, dude, how? What am I doing wrong? Why can't I find anything? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Stephen, and the moment I think I find something, apparently I did not. So, um, Michael, so what are your thoughts on the keys? How we've seen this season and these quests for more keys? Because this is the game of keys, after all. Points to Rachel. Yeah, at first I was like, I was like, okay, this is kind of complicated, and I was like, maybe it's too much because I'm a simple guy, right? Like, I I appreciate simple twists, things that I can wrap my head around. At first, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just figure it out later. But I feel like as it's gone along. Um, there's also like a lot of variety in how you get keys, which I think is interesting. Um, also, I guess we'll talk about it in a minute, but there's a, like a lot of emergent strategy that come with the keys that I wasn't really expecting. I didn't expect people to get as creative as they did. Um, I, I give Jamie a lot of credit for one thing that happens coming up, but um, yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's added an interesting element and also an interesting way for people on the bottom to find their way out of it, which I think is important, especially in a situation like this, where there's two tribes, you go to three, you're definitely going to have people in the minority. They need a way to get out of it. And uh, yeah. 
So strategy, strategy wise, you know, Big Matt has has four keys. John has four keys. I don't know if any other players have four keys at this moment in the game. So they can buy an extra vote, right? Or they can get two thirds chance of immunity. I mean, for you, what what's more valuable, or is it just more the modality that that matters to you? Uh, uh I, I'm I'm a big believer that extra votes almost never matter. Um, mm -hmm. I don't so know. In these small tribes, though. That's true. You're you're right about that. Um, I, I I guess I on the TV show we haven't seen it play out a lot in a good way. So like my gut instinct would not be to go for a vote. It would just be like I'm just gonna hold on to what I have and hope for immunity in a really clutch position. I think that I that's me. And so like, do you think it's worth? Let's say you can use an extra vote to some power in a small tribe. Is it worth sacrificing potential future immunity to do so? And I guess that's just like you, you have to calculate that risk in the moment and, mm -hmm. and figure out how important it would be or how much of a difference it would make. Um, again, in my position, I'm probably just going to hold out for immunity. Mm, interesting. Um, I guess I don't think I think we've kind of dug everything I wanted to talk about the Yale tribe. I mean, we could talk more. There's a discussion in tribal council. Two, two points come up. One yeah. is, you know, women have been going home right the first three boots from the order tribal are women uh we have then marshawn goes home um but we've had three women go, go go home so far that the players know of another thing is you know the whole idea of strength and strength in these games and what is strength and challenges what do you think of that those conversations um well i actually have a quote from you steven that i was going to bring up later that i'm really excited to talk about um but i i think you hit the, hit the nail on the head with that where like it's so arbitrary, in my opinion. You just never know, like, you never know what the competition is going to be, and you never know what skill sets are going to appeal to. I mean, we see this constantly. Like, this is, uh, it's almost, it feels like a joke to, like, look at somebody and try to assume who's going to be the strongest um, because everybody has different skills, and, like, that, you know, it. Mm -hmm. And even when people go on immunity runs, it's like, okay, they're just getting lucky. It's not like they're going to, they, they, maybe they win the next one. Who cares? It's, they're just as, they're going to be just as lucky that time as they are this time. Yeah, it's a lot of luck of what the competitions are. And I mean, you hear me say in a confessional this episode, like, oh, well, I think our tribe is the strongest tribe overall. Like, we're the most well-rounded. But clearly, that doesn't even matter if all three tribes are having to vote someone out. It doesn't matter how stacked your tribe is. Drew, you were even shocked that you won. You were like, I did not expect to win one, let yeah. alone that early. And yeah, I, I think that just goes to show that, like... It's all kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, not, no, so, not trying to take away from your win, Drew. Oh, no. That one, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was not expecting to win that at all. Balance is not a strength of mine at, in any capacity. <laughs> Melanie wins that challenge, right, and be beats out Little Man. Things have been extremely different at my tribe. Um, but I think when the, uh, <laughs> as an outside viewer, not someone who experienced it, it is, it is fascinating to say, hey, everyone's in the travel council. No one's going to escape it. No one's going to be able to coast into emerge whenever that may be right like there's everyone's got to spill blood and have to go through that stress tester and i'm watching another game right now um survivor pennsylvania you have people who are walking to merge unscathed at all you're like how it's just a very different game at that point yeah i think the oh so me and kim are the only people at this point who have been not in. been vulnerable yeah I think that's really interesting. 
Yeah, I'm curious if you're going to be vulnerable before Merge at all. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. We also have to remember that Merge has not hit yet, and Mackenzie still has her tribal challenge advantage. That thing. Yeah, that old thing. Um, Drew, why don't you tee us off into the new blue tribe? I love the way that this was edited. I think it's very unique. I know in talking to friends about this, I think it's very polarizing. People tend to either really like it or really dislike it. Uh, I've had a couple people who are like, no, I don't like this. Either do the flashback again or just give me standard order. But I don't know. Some people, I guess, did not like the mixing. I liked it personally because it felt like this episode, he was very intentional about giving each person's perspective in a block. Mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of mixing them all together. I don't know, Michael, what were your thoughts on that? I, first of all, I love this. I loved it just as much as the rewind thing. And I think that's the big thing for me in a lot of these things, because I watch a lot of Survivor, International Survivor, LRGs, Actual Survivor, right? Like, I think it is important to mix things up a lot, and they continue to do that, which I think is really good. I, I think that's the big thing I'm looking for in, like, editing. I think it's variety in how they're telling these stories. And if they did this type of editing for every tribal council, I would be so annoyed. But because they just are doing it now, I feel refreshed. Yeah. Stephen, what did you think? Um, I agree. It was, it, it was fun having different styles of storytelling for different kinds of tribes. And I thought given given how this tribe goes with, with dr jamie being voted out you know having this moment of starting with them with like tribal council the question but also you know this dive into how they're feeling how they're doing their frustration with you know i was in a good place i was playing well i felt like i'd integrate i I'd, I'd proven to myself and here i am and probably not gonna be given a chance all right there's a lot of heartbreak to watching jamie but jamie be put in a situation like that any player being put in a situation a situation like that yeah, there was a lot of emotion this episode. Um, you hear me. I'm so glad he didn't show this footage, but you hear me when the votes start being read sobbing at Tribal because I was so upset for Jamie. I was like dying. Uh, and I'll get into why. I almost cried. I didn't. I'll get I almost into cried watching. I'll get into specifics about why that was such an emotional moment for me because there's a lot that was not shown from our camp in this round. A lot of mess. A lot of fun, but also a lot of mess. Um, for example, the night before, so we were all laying in the tent uh, that night before we realized that it was going to be a triple tribal. Uh, we were all laying in the camp and Seth was telling us a ghost story. And he finished, he finishes telling us a ghost story. We hear Tyler snoring, but Seth and Jamie are clearly awake. And Brady rolls over to me and at like regular speaking volume goes, do you want to go look for idols with me? And I'm just like, uh, no, I would like to sleep. And then I'm like, everyone can hear us, by the way. Like, <laughs> I was the only one sleeping right now. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but yeah, let's kind of dive into this round. What we're shown in the episode is basically the four of us are being like, yeah, this is a pretty straightforward vote. Jamie's like, I have some ideas. Uh, and we see Jamie kind of throw a few things at the wall. Michael, what were your thoughts on Jamie's plan of attack here? That's the thing. I, I, I think Jamie did their best in, in this situation and, and throwing things out. Um, I got to talk about the move to lead you to an advantage because yeah. this is like one of my most favorite things I've ever seen. I thought it was so smart. And I don't even know if Jamie was fully aware of how smart this was because, and we don't get a lot of context on the thinking there, 
but the idea to lead you to something that would want to make you vote out a bounty and possibly save themselves, like that that was so smart to me. And I thought that that was going to be the saving grace here. Unfortunately, I guess it didn't really work out. But yeah. uh, it was good thinking. And that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes you got to like, think outside the box and be a little creative. And I think the twists in this game have given the players the opportunity to do that, um, especially in a situation where someone's just on the bottom. Yeah, I think Jamie's line of thinking here was, I found two of these advantages. I'll give the worst one to Drew. Like, I'll allow Drew to find it so Drew can see that these types of advantages are out here. I'll then show him my other one, which is better, and say, hey, you can have not only the one that you found, but also this better one if you keep me in. Yeah, that, was the, other, like, that was the other wrinkle. Yeah, and after that, I'm like, I'm like off camera. I'm like, hey, can I just have a moment to think about this? And that's where you see me just like. like yeah, I got another quote like, from you too. What am I Drew, supposed you know? to do here? <laughs> well, how tempted um, were you by that? I was very tempted. And let me just get into this mess of what was not shown on the episode. Because every single person on this tribe's name was thrown out this round. Um, except for mine. So we start off and the four of us are like, yeah, this will be an easy vote. It'll be a Jamie 4-1 vote. The only thing is we just have to make sure Jamie doesn't play uh, keys because we did not know if Jamie might have had an idol. You see us discussing, like, I saw something in Jamie's pocket. Um, so we're like, okay, we just have to make sure Jamie is not playing an idol or keys. So as the round progresses, eventually I get pulled into a conversation with Brady and Jamie. This is going to get a little complicated for a second, but it's okay. Um, I get pulled into a conversation with Brady and Jamie where Jamie is like, hey, you two are the two on this tribe that I feel the most connected with here. Would you guys be willing at all to flip and vote out one of the guys? And Brady's like, I don't care. Like, I genuinely don't care. Just whatever. Just let me know what we're doing. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'll get back to you. Which of the two would you prefer? And Jamie's like, Seth, I would prefer to vote out Seth. Um, so, <laughs> Jamie... <laughs> what a hilarious comment so jamie's pushing for me and brady to flip to vote out seth i then start to get worried because you see me having a conversation with jamie where jamie's like drew and brady are really close and then obviously we see in confessionals that seth is also saying we're close me and brady start getting concerned about that i go to seth and tyler and i'm like what if we vote out brady here to separate <laughs> yeah it's uh it was a lot so I go to Seth and Tyler. And I'm like, can we consider keeping Jamie for the loyalty and take out Brady here? Now, was I actually going to follow through on that? Absolutely not. But I had to put it out there that I did not care if I lost Brady or not. Um, I also pitched this to Jamie, which is where you see me saying, like, I don't care about this duo. That is also then when Seth goes to Jamie to throw out Tyler's name. So at this point, Brady, Seth, Tyler, and Jamie's names are all out there to be potential votes um eventually seth and tyler are like no we're not doing brady i'm like cool good i don't have to negate that and then the tyler plan kind of fades out so it comes down to seth versus jamie i had told jamie that i would be the one to tell them for sure if we were going to vote them or not and ultimately the four of us met up and decided we cannot risk telling jamie so me and brady had to go to jamie and say yeah we're going through with the seth plan and that is why I was sobbing at Tribal, because I hate giving people false hope. Um, but that was the mess that happened on our tribe that day. I think that's really important context, because I, I, I was, again, it seemed like Jamie was very surprised, and I still didn't really yeah. latch on to that. Um, 
And I was I was gonna give you a lot of shit, Drew, for um I was like he I thought I thought Drew you you were playing great, but my big complaint was like I was like, why is it so obvious to everybody that Drew and Brady are close? So I'm glad that you had that self-awareness and we're actively trying to do things to um change that narrative, I guess. Yeah, because it's it's one of the challenges is like we we haven't seen Drew, Drew and Brady be really close, but we're being told through both confessionals as well as just conversation like this is a duo. They are together. Uh, I, I guess one that's really surprised me is seeing Seth targeted over Tyler because, like, Tyler, again, felt more adrift on that original trial. And I think both both Grand Seth and Tyler weren't part of the, this core alliance you were forming, Drew. But, but of the two, which one were you starting to feel closer to? So coming into the tribe, I definitely felt closer with Seth. Like, me, Brady, and Seth, I think two of the three of us say this, that – the three of us were pretty tight. And then I think had Danny also been there, like we would have been a very tight four. Um, but at, I was, you hear me saying the confessional, I'm like, Tyler won't talk strategy. Like he was very, like it was very minimal strategy talk. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, I trust Seth more, but Seth is also playing more. Tyler, I trust less, but is not playing as much. So, it was for me, I was just kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I was getting sketched out by Tyler more, but I'm like, well, if he's not strategizing, then he might just be an easy number. I don't know. I've been really for you, Drew. I've been very worried about this Tyler situation because we hear straight up Tyler says, I'm going to flip, right? Uh, so I've been like, it feels like the, I don't know, uh, Chekhov's gun, right? Where this, this, this idea, this person has been put out so much where I, I feel like it's going to come back and bite you guys. And I was kind of, I was really hoping you guys would get rid of Tyler because I love you, Drew. Not that I don't like Tyler, but, uh, and I probably actually play very similar to Tyler in that position, but uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about that. I don't know. I guess my question would be, I would love to ask Seth and Tyler about this. So Seth acknowledges that me and Brady are a duo. Jamie acknowledges that me and Brady are a duo. I'm just kind of wondering like from their side why there was not more consideration to go after Brady here. But I guess from Seth's perspective, he threw out Tyler because he was locked in on a trio with me and Brady. So, and Brady this round fully was just like, yeah, whatever. Just let me know what we're doing. Like, I'm not going to push for anything at this point because I don't need to. Y'all had the mist. I'm telling you, I don't know what you did, but you had the mist. And because even Tyler said something like, "It's too early to turn on them." I'm like, "Is it? I don't think so. This might actually be the perfect time to day, do it." And day it two, we're, go we're going to twelve. We're going to twelve people left in the game. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. This kind of this seems like the spot, maybe. <laughs> so, talk to me about Jamie's pitch. So, one of the things we hear from Jamie is Jamie's kind of proposing, you know. If you keep me, this could help build a larger alliance. I, I feel good about bringing in Mackenzie, John, and Steven. Notably, Jamie does not mention either Matt. Right. I thought that this was a really interesting pitch, and this is something that we openly discussed. This pitch was given with all five of us sitting around. Um, it's like, listen, I have to get whatever I can. This is what I can offer. Whoever of you want to work with me, come let me know. Um, and Jamie basically pitches, I have Mackenzie, I have John, I have Steven. If whichever four of us move forward, I will have them. We have an easy seven at the merge. So there we go. Um, and 
Let me think. What? So my, you hear me say in the episode, yes, that's all good and well. But if Jamie's telling us that they have these connections, why would I want these connections to keep moving forward? And then Brady asks a smart question like, so if our names come up, from them you would tell us and jamie's like oh yeah of course like i would throw out i would throw away my game and i'm like i don't i don't know i jamie's a very loyal and trustworthy person i feel but like that i was just like i don't know that's the problem i think i think they, they seem trustworthy and that's the problem um and i've made this mistake in an lrg where you tell people hey i'm close with these other people we like that's a good thing for you but it usually works the opposite way. I think Jamie did a lot of things right, but this might not have been one of them. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, you hear me say like, okay, Jamie's telling us that they have these connections, but why would I want those connections to stay in the game? Yeah. Especially uh, with Jamie saying, with Jamie saying, oh, I felt like I was doing really well on my other tribe. I'm like, okay, so you're positioned well on the other tribe. You have potentially up to five other people who have your back. And all of a sudden, just to save yourself, you're trying to loop in three of us. It just didn't feel solid to me. So is, is the strategy that you come in, you lie about your place in the tribe and say, you know, maybe yep. one person I can pull in or like, or let's, let's say Jamie says like, you know, I feel good about Mackenzie, you know, and then Grant and Jamie probably say also Steven, because Drew, you know that we both know each other or something like that. And like play down the connections, but say like, I'm still an asset going forward, but I would be reliant on you and no one else i think for me i would have been more convinced if as soon as that swap happened instead of jamie instantly going into i'm screwed mode if jamie was like thank goodness i'm with you guys like i am on the bottom i was next to be voted out i've already gotten votes at tribal council which is not a lie um like i'm on the bottom i am so glad to be here like let's go in and win these challenges to pick off this other tribe like I am so grateful. Like let's like I would have been so much more inclined to work with them. Mm -hmm. And I was already very borderline about to work with Jamie anyway. So I don't know. That's uh, my thing. Pulling a quote from Jamie. Uh, why is Jamie not targeting Brady and trying to flip with with Tyler and Seth? Jamie was just not comfortable voting on a fellow trans person and wanted to build loyalty with Idra. Yeah, I do think me and Jamie clicked very quickly. Um, I mean, obviously Jamie can clarify this, but I kind of felt like I was the point person that Jamie was going to. Um, even before we had the individual immunity challenge, I kind of felt like I was the point person that Jamie was going to to give and get info. Um, so I don't know. I guess that makes that makes sense to me. And I, I guess the two last things that your tribe Tyler's Tyler's still an enigma to me. It's fascinating uh that i don't know who he has or where, where he's going but he's getting through it he, he's he, he's doing well yeah tyler tyler's thing on original chaos was let me just physically be around the majority so i always kind of know what's going on tyler had never discussed being in any formed alliances on chaos no one ever discussed being in an alliance with him we're on the new tribe and it's the same situation. He does not discuss being in any alliances with anyone and no one else discusses being in any alliances with him. He also has a quote uh, in tribal, no, in a confessional where he says, sometimes you don't need trust. Sometimes you just need two people who have overlaps in their plan. And you're like, yeah, we can just work together, accomplish our plan and then move on. Michael, what was your takeaway from, from that? 
I actually love that quote, but for the wrong reasons, I think, <laughs> um, because it's true. I, I don't think I think that's actually true. You you just need a similar motivations. And if you can find that with somebody, you don't need trust at that point. You just need to know that the other person wants the same thing as you. So that is fair. Not talking strategy. I can't get behind, though. And um, that that makes me. And again, I think I think more so it's probably just the way uh, Tyler plays. And that's fine, I guess. Um, but I don't know. That's not how I would do it. <laughs> yeah. Cause this, this round, we obviously J see Jamie fighting for their life. We see me kind of being running around between these different people. We see Seth pitching this Tyler plan and then we see Brady. Well, we don't see Brady being kind of in the mix of everything, but Brady was in the mix of everything. Tyler's not doing anything, <laughs> but he has his own theme song. And none of us do. Tyler has good vibes and funny quotes. That's what Tyler has right now. That's all you need. Um, so it's okay if I fast forward to something that happens after tribal. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Please talk um, about Brady and the keys. Yeah, so king like, of queen, uh, king of keys, queen uh, of kings. Michael, what was your thought on on Brady claiming the keys? <laughs> I, I don't. I just thought of it. Um, Great for her. I love her. I'm so glad that uh, she found all those advantages. Um, I don't know. Maybe she was peeing in the same spots that other people were. I love Brady in her confessional when she's like, she goes, I found two advantages. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Those don't, those didn't need to be turned in publicly though, right? She could have done was that. That my question. Yeah. So we, <laughs> Brady did not, no, I guess. My assumption is because Brady and I were not, like, super in the loop on chaos. Like, we were not in a bad position, but we were not involved with, like, the drama or anything. So we didn't know anything about, did other people find these scrolls? We had never seen, neither one of us knew that anyone had additional things. Um, so Brady, I guess, from her perspective, is like, oh, I have to turn it into a production member, so it has to be done publicly. <laughs> Because it doesn't specify on the notes that it could be in private or if it has to be publicly. So I guess in Brady's head, Brady's like, oh, when's the next time I'll see production? Oh, at Tribal Council. So did, did everyone in your tribe know that Brady had these scrolls, these quests? Or was this like, you, you probably knew, but did like Tyler and Seth know? Or did... I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't know if I knew. But I do know that when she turned them in, I was happy for her and i think i say something in the background vaguely or seth or tyler do where they're like okay this is good so michael you go from one three the three keys are you feeling worried at all if that happens in the game or are you like saying whatever like you can't stop me i have these and you don't like how do you feel like like with if, if you had an advantage like that i never knew about it yeah that that was my that was my question was the, the, did this have to be public because it it felt weird because then like John got keys at like the voting confessional. It was that all of that was really confusing to me, but um, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not a good look. I'm, I'm not excited for Brady. Like I'm excited that Brady has keys, but it, I, I worry this could be more bad than good um, since it is public. And again, I don't know what the chatter is like um, and maybe everyone were more open about keys than I'm aware, but um, yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's concerning, I think. If you're a Brady, you know, everyone starts with one. You you kind of like at least in the order tribe, we all kind of knew each other's bounties. So like, okay, like someone's getting a key for something like this, and but like, not to that extent. Like like for instance, I think John has three keys this episode. I don't know he has four. Mm. 
Yeah, um, we discussed briefly the key situation with Jamie, and Jamie basically was like, I haven't collected my bounty yet. I only have one key. Um, Jamie underplayed a lot of things to us this round. Like what? Um, like when we had first swapped and gotten back to camp, we were kind of like, Jamie, tell us about what's going on. Uh, Jamie was basically like, yeah, it. they were easy, unanimous votes. That None of them were complicated. Like, all of us pretty much voted as a block together. And now watching this footage, I'm like, what do you mean these weren't complicated? <laughs> like, these were not straightforward votes round after round. So that was that was very underplayed to us. But I don't know. Michael, is there anything else about the Blue Tribe that you want to dig into? Uh, about the fact that no one has found that key at Tribal yet. Yeah, that's what's up with that. I, I, I said I already predicted. I told Drew. I said I think you find that key. I don't know why. I just I think Drew's gonna find it. Um, <laughs> they look everywhere. Can I ask what what happened? I, I haven't seen the other seasons. I'm sorry, but what happened in the previous season that made everyone so? So convinced? last season it was literally bullets. Like shot in the dark was bullets, and there were bullets hidden in those props at Tribal Council like in the twine, in the little chest, like they were actually physically hidden in there. And so all of us watch it, so all of us are searching, kind of just like, well, we saw it last season, right? But none of us are like, the keys are small and you can tell it's a little, it's it's well hidden, right? And so none yeah. of us are like physically looking to the side of the podium to get it out. Seth was close, he almost got it, but none of us like... Steven, you had an interesting assessment when you came up and you picked up what I like to call the dino DNA from Jurassic Park. And you said, this is new. I was like, when you said that, because I didn't think anything of it, but when you said this is new, I was like, oh, that might actually be something. I would have stuck that shit in my pocket and took it back to tribal. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Was it Brady? Is like someone else before me was like, is this a is this an immunity idol? Maybe it was Rachel or something like that. Someone like was like, is this a mute idol? And I was like, oh, this is new. Like there's some. We noticed that because like I mean, yeah, me, me, Tyler, Brady, and Seth had no idea because obviously we had never seen the voting booth before. So we we had no idea that it was something new or that anything had changed on the table. Um I also just want to jump back real quick because this kind of cracked me up a little bit where Jamie's talking about this master plan of like leading me to a key or to an advantage and or whatever. And Jamie's like, yeah, so I actually led Drew to this advantage. And then you cut to my confessional being like, I found this advantage, but it kind of sucks. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty great in juxtaposition. Jamie's saying I put the worst one back for Drew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I like I get it. It's probably the the lesser of the two evils there, but yeah, I'm like my I'm like my uh, bounty is not only currently immune, but also on another tribe. So I don't know what I'm expected to do with were this. There, were there any bounties on your tribe? That Seth existed? had me. Uh, okay, yeah. So I think the only two bounties in the game that are even actual are me having John and Seth having you. I'm trying to think because Tyler had Marshawn, Jamie had Mackenzie. Um, Seth had me. I had Kim. Who did Brady have? Brady might have I think Brady might have also had Marshawn. I'm not sure. Could be. Um, two, two people had Marshawn. Yeah, I think Brady might have been the other person that had Marshawn. I'm not 100% on that, though. Um. So, yeah, basically the only relevant one I think on my tribe was Seth had me as a bounty, and I was immune. So, Michael. Um. Any? Yeah, sorry. Go. Any baseless speculation for mm. what to come in future? What's to come next episode? 
what, what, before we predict what's going to happen in next episode, I want to ask you what happens with each of these tribes if we go to tribal again. Oh that my works gosh. Um, it's a better way of framing the question. I need to see the tribes again. Where the, where's the tribe list? Um, let's see. So on on your tribe, Drew. Um, it's me, Brady, Seth, and Tyler. I would think maybe Tyler's out next, but you guys continue to surprise me, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other tribes. Uh, so my tribe at this point, um, it's Rachel, Original Chaos. Then we have Little Matt, me, and John from Order. Okay. I mean, I guess y'all are probably going to go after Rachel. Um, that, that's a boring answer, but I, I would... Could, be, my... could just be a boring tribe. What can I say? <laughs> it's an orderly tribe once again. <laughs> um, yeah, you just got to get the chaos out. Yeah. And then finally, the new red tribe, it's 2-2. Two -two. So we have Danny and Kim from Chaos, then Mackenzie and Big Matt from Order. Who was who was in on that last vote? Who All flipped? of them voted together to vote on Marshawn. Okay. So Danny Danny and Kim technically flipped <sighs> from Old See, tribe. None of these are easy, easy answers. It's, it's hard to tell. Um, I think Daddy Matt and Mackenzie are fine. Um, it has to be one of the other two. Interesting. So Casey has framed this as being the most difficult pre-merge ever. So if you were to make next round miserable for all of us, what would you do? Okay, this is an interesting question. Because I'm curious too, um, a triple tribal is kind of crazy. And my initial thought was, okay, we're going right into a merge. But now I, now I think we still have Redemption Island to deal with. So I don't think we're merging. Um, uh, I feel like y'all are asking me because you know something crazy is about to happen. So now that's affecting my thought process. We might have inside knowledge how the game progresses. <laughs> you may or may not know. Um, As the final two, Steven and I know all. Um, okay, so I, I want to I see a Malcolm Tribal Council. I want to see two tribes come together and vote um, across tribal lines. <laughs> Which which two tribes do you want to to see go to your that? two tribes? <laughs> oh boy, but that I feel we'll like more, those two tribes are more like steadfast and probably has more like equilibrium amongst you guys. So I feel like it would be more of a, like a tug of war situation. Where the other one, I feel like there'd be just people throwing each other under the bus. <laughs> um, I had another question. I don't remember what it was. It was about predictions. I think that oh, was tell us, give us your reads on uh, the people currently on Redemption Island. So we have Nina. Thank you, Stephen. We have Riley. <laughs> we have Alex. Those are all three from the original Order Tribe. And mm -hmm. then who just joined them is we have Marshawn from Chaos. We have Melanie from Chaos. And we have Jamie from Order. So there's six people in Redemption right now. I mean, again, I'm going to say, like, it, there's definitely going to be a competition. And I think it's arbitrary for me to try to pick based on that. Um, I'll just say if I if I had to pick somebody to come back, I would love to see Jamie come back or somebody if it's not like Jamie's the person that I enjoyed watching the most and I knew the most about. So I felt really invested in that. If there's somebody that I want to see get a second chance that I didn't necessarily get that from, I would say Marshawn, because I felt like we didn't get a whole lot from Marshawn. And what we did was like really interesting. And I was like, this seems like a really fun person. So those are my two picks. If I, if I could just hand pick them back in the game, that's who it would be. We may not have seen anything uh, from Redemption Island footage-wise. We have seen Daddy Matt get a key from Nina through some mechanism that has not yet been explained. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? 
<laughs> Sorry, say that again. I, I was uh, reading Jamie's comment. <laughs> we saw that Daddy Matt, while we haven't seen any Redemption Island footage, we've seen Daddy Matt get a key from Nina through a mechanism that we haven't been introduced to yet. What are your thoughts okay, on that? So this is going to, you're right. I, uh, I, I wanted to comment on that too. Because I, I know Casey's going to do some crazy editing thing at some point where we're going to flash back to all of the events. It's kind of like, uh, do either of you watch Lost? I, I saw like the first three seasons. I've seen like four seasons, yeah. Okay, slight spoiler, I guess. Um, but there is the, the back half of the plane that crashed on a different part of the island. And in season two, they just cut to that side and like told the whole story in one episode. I think that's kind of what's good. I think we're getting a Redemption Island episode. Y'all probably don't even know how they're going to do that, which is exciting. Don't underestimate our knowledge. <laughs> Fair. Never underestimate me, especially. I don't know about Steven. <laughs> I don't care about y'all. We is me. Um, so anything else about this episode before we kind of jump into our logistics with quotes and points and etc.? No, I'm I'm really excited to keep watching. Again, I said before, like, poor John. I didn't finish John's challenge season. I'm bad at finishing LRGs, but, like, I feel really invested in this, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And, again, like, it's hard for me to be captured like this. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for both of you, too. Y'all are running stuff, and it's going to be so fun to see where it goes. Don't come for each other. <laughs> we'll, see. Nice. <laughs> we'll see. We're both building our armies. only be one podcaster, Drew. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're both building our armies, so we'll see. Exactly. Um, so let's jump into some favorite quotes. Steven, did you have a favorite quote from this episode? I can't be mad forever, but I can be mad until I die. Just kidding. Dr. Jamie, uh, exit speech. We were kind of gagged by that. Like, we we weren't sure if they were being serious or not. And then when Jamie was like, just kidding, we were like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then we were all like, okay, go win Redemption Island, Jamie, come back. Because <laughs> obviously you're going to work with, want to work with us when you come back. That's funny. Um, uh, Michael. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got two quotes, one from each of you. Um, again, not, I'm not trying to kiss too much butt here. Um, but I did my, I, you know, the, y'all had the best quotes in my opinion. Um, my, my one from Drew was that was Frick, not the F word mom. That was a good one. Um, because that's something I would say and my mom would get mad at me for saying, um, <laughs> and this is more of a funny one. I know you're being like facetious when you said this, um, you said, uh, it, I, I'm kind of paraphrased. I think I paraphrased in my writing down here. Uh, you said it could be anything. It could be tennis. It could be skateboarding. It could be accounting. It could be history. It could be anything. And uh, well, I thought that was funny because, like, I think you named, like, before that, Melanie had mentioned tic tac toe and battleship, which are actually two competitions that have actually happened on reality shows. And then you proceeded to name things that have never happened. Uh, so I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I was yeah, trying to name like point. skills that each of us have that's so weird that like you would never have overlap in a game. But you never know. No, that's yeah. fine. I also have two quotes. I One of my favorite um, things that is, it's so hard for people who've never played in a Survivor game kind of to understand feelings and thoughts that can happen during games and how things kind of work. So I really liked Seth's breakdown of how plans change in Survivor. I thought that was a really good analogy where he was saying like, you think it's going to be plan A and then an hour later it changes to plan B and then an hour later it changes to plan C when really it starts as plan A and then it's plan A with a little bit of B 
And then it changes to plan B with a little bit of A and a little bit of C. And that's just so real for Survivor. When you're coming up with like votes, vote splits, um, we have to deal with keys, potential idols. Um, speaking of, Michael, what are your thoughts uh, on the idol situation so far? You know, I never really thought about it until you just said it. Um, yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> Tell me, guys. We haven't seen any idols. Things. We yeah. have not seen an idol hidden, and we have not seen an idol in anyone's possession. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, it didn't even click that that wasn't an element of the season thus far, um, which I'm actually okay with if there's no idols at all. Um, but I think they gotta they gotta throw one in there eventually. Maybe, maybe from I don't know. We'll see. The other favorite quote that I have from this episode was my own, where it just cuts to a shot of me being like, "There's a thorn in my butt." <laughs> That was a good one too. I just thought that was a really fun clip to include. Um, let's go into the bloomy points. So, Michael, every week we each will These pitch are the our... chizzy points. Yeah, yeah the chizzy points, but the know. bloomy points. Um, so our, our top three players of the week, uh, for obviously first place for each will get three points, second gets two, and third gets one. Uh, Steven, you want to lead us in this week? So my one point, pains to say this, is going to go to you, Drew. Uh, I'm going to give one point to Drew for being the center point of this tribe, even with immunity, right? But like you're in a duo, but you played in the duo, but people know about it and are okay with it. And you're able to still get your way through and preserve that alliance. It is much appreciated. The one point is very appreciated. I'm going to give my one point. Oh, I'm so torn between two people. I wish I could give half a point to two people. I'm between Rachel and Brady for one point. I think I'm going to give my one point to Brady for not being mentioned in the episode as an option, for being flexible with plans, for people, for Tyler, Jamie, and Seth, all three seeing, like, Hey, Drew and Brady are a duo, but we're not worried about them. When you have an easy shot at Brady right here, um, I yeah, I'm gonna go one point for Brady. Okay, is it my turn now? Yeah, and one point is the best, right? Worst. One point's the the third, the third worst best. three. Oh. <sighs> Can you give it to somebody that was eliminated? Yeah, yeah. If they were in the episode. It seems crazy to do that, so I won't. Um, we all know you wanted to give your one point to Marshawn. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Jamie. I'm not going to say Jamie. I love you, Jamie, but um, you could have you, – you did you did everything you need to do. That's why I really want to give the point there, but you didn't spread. I guess that's the one thing you need to do is not go home. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, I'm also going to give it to Brady. Um <sighs> Here's the thing, guys. I, I, I'm struggling to – my big th – I'm just so worried about Drew and Brady at this point, the pair. It seems to be very obvious. I hope that you guys can do enough to deter that target. And that's why – that's the only thing that, that makes me worried about giving y'all points is because I just don't feel like it's as steadfast as some of the – like the other person I might give a point to. But I'll, I'll give it to Brady. They got now, keys. Come on. Who are you giving uh, your two points to this week, Michael? Uh, here we go. Again. Now, I'm like changing my mind, like as I'm like I'm so manic that like <laughs> I just have three names about to my head. 
Oh, Drew, I'm going to give, uh, here's the thing, because I, I said this coming in, I felt like both of you were like the, the linchpins to this entire episode on both your sides. Uh, Drew, I'm going to give you two because um, I do think you have a lot of control and you're not one because I'm just worried about where it's going to go. <laughs> uh, I am going to give my two points to Steven. I'm on the board! Uh, Woo! Because I think that you played that round very well being in the middle. It seems like uh, John and Matt still trust you, despite you considering flipping on them that episode. Uh, it seems like Rachel's with you. Uh, and from the sound of our discussion, it sounds like had you decided to go the other way, you also would have had the numbers to do that. Your name was not brought up as a target this round that we saw maybe briefly from Melanie, but uh, I think that you played this round very well, Steven. Thank you. Oh, so this is where I'm gonna upset all the conventions right now with my two, my two and three. Uh, for two points, I'm gonna give them to Melanie. Uh, I'm giving Melanie two points because I thought Melanie used about everything in her arsenal. And one thing I love about Melanie as a player is the deliberation in which she does things. You know, like she doesn't use her key specifically because she knows that I need to work with people going forward and just using the keys now to go one more day is not a winning prospect and I need my vote to count to make this work. I think she does a great job working on me and pitching me and very much my flip would have been to her. Like if that, if I had flipped, it would have been to be with Melanie and to revamp my game in light of Melanie. And so I thought she did it really well. My only blemish against her, yeah, besides getting voted out, is her pitch, her pitch to Matt falls flat and maybe that could be just because like, Melanie's a vet pitching don't go with vets to little Matt when he's working with vets. It was like a lot of vets. Yeah, her pitch right to Matt was like John John has yeah. played in all these games. Steven's yeah. played in all these games. And then like Melanie has played probably around the same number of games that John has and has yeah. won at least one. So it's like, how is that pitch work gonna work? It's it's fine. Yeah. So I, I but you know, I think the end of the day, you know, I was the linchpin and Melanie worked on me. Um and so We'll see, we'll see what happens, right, based off it. But two points to Melanie, and then three points will go to Jamie, uh, who also got voted out this episode. But I'm giving Jamie three points for the creativity. You know, I think Jamie's use in weaponizing other advantages, both as a way to build trust with Drew and say, let me, let me lead you, let's go hunting. Oh, look what's right here. But also as a lure, as a saying, like, you know, keep me and it's yours, right, as a, as a way, like, you know, there are tangible benefits for you if you leave me in the game. And like we said, we dissected Jamie's plea. Maybe there's a way Jamie could have come off as more ostracized from the Order tribe to see as an easier way to pick up. But I just loved how Jamie used her, used their time and ability to kind of finagle things in a very beneficial manner that I, th I think that most people wouldn't have thought about. And so three points to Jamie. Uh, fingers crossed, redemption to Melanie or Jamie at some day. <laughs> I'm giving my three points to myself because I ate this episode. End of story. I got the most confessionals. I was in control of my tribe. People had the opportunity to take the shot at my closest ally and didn't. I ate that. End of story. Yeah, I was worried about like cozying up to you guys too much, but Drew, you, no, you cleared the board for me, I think. I think it's okay now. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Steven actually for three Ooh. points. I think Steven was the safest person in this episode that didn't have immunity. And I also don't foresee a situation where you're targeted here on out. And, and again, when I'm thinking about this, I'm, I'm really thinking about how you're setting yourself up for the longer game. So yeah, that's you, Steven. Thank you. 
Wow, I, I, this is a good episode for me in many ways. <laughs> You're talking about something for a second and I can give you an updated standings on the points. Ooh, okay. Um, I have no thoughts. My head is vacant. Uh, Michael, what other shows are you watching right now? Um, probably AU, Australian Survivor. Australian Survivor, Traders, The Challenge. I think Traders is the best thing I'm watching. I think Australian Survivor is a close second. Um, the challenges, I just, I watch it because I have to. Um, There's a moral obligation. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, Squid Game's the challenge. I, I, I know it's old, but like, it's still a show that I obsess over. I've watched it like three times. I really, really love that show. So, so for Squid Game's the challenge, you know, what, per, like, there's elements of a lot of these games. There's votes and stuff like that. There's alliances. But how, if you put a percentage, what percent of the game do you think falls down the luck versus player scale? <sighs> so the, if you're if we're talking about the scripted show, I would say it's like 95% luck. Mm -hmm. um, I do like that the reality show entered in a lot of like social elements. And that brought that number down a little bit. I think the show is a lot of luck. And I don't know why. Because I, like, I, I like strategy. But like the truth is, like there's a lot of... That's the word of the day, chaos. There's a lot of chaos in how Squid Games is ran. And it, I think it's very, yeah, it's it's so much luck. It's so much luck. Mm -hmm. It and, is. And I think what, what that cracked me up about uh, season one of Squid Games, the challenge is when they have to roll the dice, we're like, we're all just going to say our own names. We're like, oh my gosh. Okay, I so this, this is this is a side tangent. Um, I'll do a self plug. I host like mini games, uh, like online reality mini games. Mm -hmm. They last like three to four hours. I hosted a tentacle games. I called it tentacle games to like not be totally copying off them, but it had sixty four people, and uh, I, I did the dice game, and I said you cannot choose yourself. Nice. <laughs> that was the rule. Yeah, don't choose yourself. <laughs> you can't. So prediction for when we get Squid Game Season 2, whenever that may be, or Squid Game's The Challenge Season 2, which large-scale challenges will they repeat? Or will it be new across the board? That No, I don't think it'll be totally new. I think they got to keep some things. I'm My biggest question is, like, I think the, the Battleship game, is mm -hmm. that's the spot that they did change, and mm -hmm. I think they might continue to change it there. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Battleship really worked as, like, something to watch on TV. Um, Agreed. Especially with so many people. Maybe if it was one or two games, it'd be one thing. But it, it just, they yada yada a lot of things going on there. So I think they cut that and add something else. And that'd just be the spot where they change things up. I want chess. I want chess where every player has Not to be like a Harry piece. Potter. Yeah, no, I want it where every player has to be a piece and you have callers directing where to move. And if your piece is removed from the board, then you are out. I'm I taking think, notes for a tentacle game too, by the way. So do you, so you think they'd repeat because like I don't know, like I don't want to see Dalgana, like the, the little cookie cutter thing again. I think right. like 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 the the, the actual show, the reality show, I'm good on that. I'm okay with the opening like challenge. Like let's re let's repeat that one again. That's a big one. You need to weed out a lot of people fast. But I'd like to see something hard, but not Dalgona. Uh, I'm okay switching out Battleship. I thought um, I'm trying to think of the other challenges. The the, the Glass Bridge fun. Uh, I like that one. I, and I and I love the, the 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 penultimate challenge where they had like the like the heads up seven up. That was the highlight of the season. For that me. was the best one, yeah, for sure. Circle of Truth. All right, so I have a points update for everyone. Uh, so leading our player of the week, right. I, Drew, I messed up. I should have given McKinsey my three points. What was I thinking? 
You should have. She wrote. She she ran the episode like she does every episode. No, right. just kidding. She, the only reason so, why we're not getting the Kinsey points because we just just didn't see her this time. In first place overall right now with eighteen points is Mackenzie. Uh, second place is Daddy Matt with thirteen. Uh, we then have me and John tied with eight each, followed by Danny and Kim with six, Stephen with five, Brady with three, Seth with one, and then Rachel, Tyler, and Little Matt have zero. Oh my god. I feel bad for them now. I want to give them points. And then eliminated players, Nina had zero, Riley got two, Alex had zero, Marshawn had zero, and then Melanie had five, Jamie had three. So uh Michael, who's winning this season? I knew that question was coming eventually. <sighs> Drew, I'm so worried about you. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm your friend or like as a TV character or whatever. I'm really worried about you. So it's definitely not you is what I'm getting at. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I haven't mentioned Danny at all. So I'll say Danny. I think Danny is in a good spot maybe and then my other guess is maybe steven um i don't know we'll see we'll see uh i also really love daddy matt and mckenzie there's a soft spot there and i think they're both like really smart players so i don't know I'm just going to yammer on until you guys shut me up because I could say something about everybody. My favorite statistic this season so far is Tyler is the most confessional counts. Yep. According to Drew's tracker, which yeah. is, is, is fascinating to me. I'm going back through to make sure my counts are correct, but Tyler has the most confessionals followed by McKenzie and then Steven. And I, I think, I think one of the two of you nailed on the, uh, uh, nailed it to a, nailed it perfectly. He is a quote machine. He is. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely a quote machine. I'm um, shocking Daddy Matt with the least confessionals overall this season. That's crazy. Because I feel like he gets a lot of screen time. But all right. Anything else to discuss before we get it closed out? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me, thinking of me, bringing me on here, and Drew for forcing me to watch this. Because when you told me at first, I was like, I kind of rolled my eyes. Oh, I got another allergy I got to watch. And then I actually have really fallen in love with it. So I'm excited to see how it ends. Good luck to you both. Good luck in hindsight, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, if you this, have a time machine. Great. Feel free to use it for us, and I'll come back whenever you. If you want to force me to watch other things, I will too. Uh, well, I will say I think I've said this every time I've been on here. Each episode, I think, kind of ramps up in terms of mess, and this season will get messy and fun and exciting uh, more than it already is. So I'm definitely excited. Next episode will be released uh, this coming Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Surviving Bloomington YouTube channel. So make sure to follow them on YouTube, subscribe to them on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, as well as following Live Reality Games on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, I believe. Um, they are also on. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Adios.